Introducing Brian Breaker, the biggest icon in wrestling. Daniel Ross. This is the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. What is going on? What are you doing? We will not go quietly into the night. Hang on! Houston, you have a problem. Boom shakalaka! I'm sweating like a pig here. It's a lot of guitar! Mr. Freedom! Eat the pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel, your weekly dose of nostalgia. This week is episode 29. We are one episode away from 30 major episodes. And I am Brian Breaker. Joining me, of course, is Daniel Cross. Daniel, are you ready for some Saturday Morning Nostalgia? I'm ready. I'm back in Missouri, so pants are back to being optional, uh, but encouraged. Exactly. Optional. But encouraged. Um, This week is going to be a really fun episode. We were diving into the Mighty Ducks. This was, uh, man, this was quite the quite the film for everyone in our generation back in the nineties, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, sports movies in the nineties for kids. I mean, that was all the rage. I think we've already covered a couple of them here, like the Sandlot. Sure. But uh, Mighty Ducks, it was right up there. No, definitely. And I'm looking forward to covering it. It was uh, one of my favorites, especially when I was a kid. Of course, uh, last week, if you missed that episode, make sure to check out uh, the book fair. Definitely a uh, fixture of anyone in elementary school. Uh, I think everybody looked forward to the week of the book fair. Um, and it's books, right? <laughs> like, like, what a way to get kids excited for books and have a book fair and hopefully get a, a few bucks from your parents or grandparents to go and splurge. It was always fun. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, you know, you and I were never big readers, it sounded like, but if you were going to get some books the book fair is probably the best way to do it well and what was funny about that is i wasn't a big reader but if i saw a book that looked awesome i was like oh i gotta buy that but then i was like well i'm never gonna read it probably but buying it was fun (laughs) which is maybe like why we're so into collecting now right we just like buying stuff maybe yeah i always enjoyed some of the covers we talked about goosebumps you know how uh how great some of those covers were brightly covered and uh colored and then they even had the like uh raised, I don't know what you call it, the raised little graphic. Mm-hmm. You kind of run your run your finger across, almost like Braille. Yeah, it was almost but like that Braille. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, well, and that was the thing is Goosebumps, you know, whoever did their covers definitely deserves some credit because I remember um, pretty early on, that was what got me intrigued by those books is seeing those covers and the artwork. It's just like, holy crap, I've got to read this. This looks super cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll share a little funny story with you. Um, after we covered goosebumps on, on this show, which was a while back, if I remember right, let me look at episode 10, according to my notes. Yeah. Episode 10. Absolutely. Uh, Well, good friend of the show, Steve Hoker. We're going to bring him up here in just a second. He told me he went back and started watching it on Netflix because Hoker's a little bit older than we are. So he was like, I never really grew up with this. I wanted to see what it was about. I was like, oh, he goes, but there wasn't that many episodes on Netflix. And I was like, really? The whole series used to be on there. And so apparently they only have a handful of episodes on there now. So I did something incredibly stupid. I bought the first season on Vudu. And (laughs) I've been watching a little bit of that. I watched The Girl Who Cried Monster which was the very first episode. And uh, essentially, if you've not read that book or watched that episode, this girl 
Uh, it's all about scaring her little brother. All the all the books are very similar in vain, where they all have like a, a very annoying younger sibling usually. Uh-huh. And uh, she's trying to scare her brother. And anyway, she's always telling these stories so no one believes her. She's at the library and she sees the librarian who's this creepy guy uh, with his eyes bug out of his head and he starts eating bugs. And so she tells uh, everyone, like, the librarian's a monster. The librarian's a monster. They're like, oh, sure he is. You know, because <laughs> no one believes her. And uh, and then, of course, the big twist ending is that her whole family is monsters. And they end up eating the librarian. Because right. uh, they couldn't allow any other monsters to be in the area. Because that would that would blow their cover. So, I mean, not the yeah, best you know, ending. It's interesting that all the stories, they actually sound like pretty good plots. But, uh, you know, the acting kind of takes you out of it, I think, for a lot of those stories. Well, you're right. And I think a lot of times, too, because they're trying to cram an entire book into a 30-minute episode, there's very little, like, character development. You know, it's almost like they have to get right into the story. They did a couple of uh, two-part episodes, which I always thought those were better because they had a little bit more time, you know, like 45 minutes as opposed to... 20 or so minutes to kind of tell the story. But yeah, it was what it was. It was kind of like, are you afraid of the dark? Which I think is another topic we definitely need to discuss at some point. Not the most groundbreaking television, but for kids kind of diving into horror, it was perfect for the time period. Yeah. I was actually just looking it up here. Goosebumps only ran four seasons, 1995 to 1998. Are you afraid of the dark went 10 seasons? I didn't remember it being around that long. It also got relaunched a while back, so they're actually making new. Uh, I wonder if that's included. Could be, could be. Oh. I haven't seen any of the new stuff. I uh, I hope it's just as campy as the original, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Goosebumps is returning. They're putting a new series out on Disney Plus in October. So okay, might be something we have to talk about down the road. For sure. But uh, as uh, this week is not about Goosebumps, it's not about the book fair. It is about the Mighty Ducks. Um, I mean, this is kind of an age-old story, right? The ragtag team that is not any good, and they end up becoming the number one team in their division. Uh, We've seen this story played out before. Um, I actually saw this movie in theaters, one of the first theater um, movies I remember seeing. My mom was working at the time, and so I was hanging. I was basically having to stay with my grandmother in the summer times, which... That's always, I don't know, that's something we could probably talk about too. I don't know if that, if you had that same experience, but in the summertime, it always seems like the best time of the year because, hey, no school, but I still had to get up early and get dropped off at my grandma's house. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was fun, right? It wasn't like, I'm like, right. oh, I'm living it up. That's like, no, I'm going to be bored all day at my grandma's house because, I mean, she had like a Nintendo and stuff, but it wasn't nearly as fun as being at my own house. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I grew up that way too. My, my mom would go to work in the summer. She would drop me off at my grandma's and I think I talked about on here, but you know, I would get up at seven in the morning and, uh, none of my friends would get out of bed till like 10 or 11. Right. So pretty much for three hours, that was like the, the longest three hours of my life every single day, you know, from 7 a.m. until 10 a.m. So I got in a lot of, uh, prices right. And I believe I said that's when I started watching American Gladiators. Sure. Uh, and then about 10 o'clock, 10.30, I'd get on my bike and then go see if any of my friends were out of bed yet. So Yeah. Well, and but I had like, some lazy friends, and none of them would get up. And usually I was still – I would show up at their house at 10.30, and I was still, up. like, waking them up. Yeah. I'm like, come on, guys. I've been up for, like, three hours. <laughs> Let's go have some fun here. Yeah, well, and I remember my mom would – because me and my cousins would be over there because her 
their mom, my aunt, and my mom worked together, so they'd be over there too. They were a little bit older than me, though, and, like, if they were like, hey, we'll pick you up for lunch, it was always like, oh, man, this is going to be such a big deal. <laughs> like, we get to go to lunch, it, which is not that exciting, but at the time, just, like, getting out of Grandma's house seemed like a, a win, and then as my cousins got older, there was a fishing store and the shopping center, like, across the street, but it's across, like, a busy street, right? And I'm sure... As you know, like, it was a big thing for me when I was young. Hey, don't cross the street, you know, especially a busy one. And the whole look both ways and all that stuff. And But there was a fishing store. And I wasn't ever big into fishing. But being able to go with them to the fishing store seemed like such a, a big thing. Like, oh, man, I can go. Right. I can go to this store. Or, like, sometimes they would, uh, hey, we'll drop you off at the video store. Or we'll eat lunch at a place close to the video store. Then you can guys go rent a Nintendo game and take it back to your grandma's house. And it's like, oh, man. Oh, like, yeah. It was, it was such a big thing, right? Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, so um, the reason I bring that up, uh, when the Mighty Ducks came out, my cousins were able to talk their other grandma, who I wasn't related to, was on their dad's side, to dropping them off at the movies. And I was able to go with them because they were going, so they actually dropped us off to watch the Mighty Ducks and then came and picked us up a, you know, an hour and a half or two hours later, however long the movie was. And that was like the first movie I ever saw, like just me and my cousins. I thought that was super cool. And obviously it being a classic, you know, like the Mighty Ducks, it made it all that much better. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I think my first movie I ever remember seeing was Home Alone 2. Nice. So uh, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, so the Mighty Ducks I saw in theaters, ended up getting the VHS tape. I still think the movie holds up. Like, there's a lot about this movie that's really cool. Um. Although, I, I must say, the biggest plot hole I see in this, this guy is a lawyer who gets in trouble for driving under the influence of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so they are like, hey, we know the perfect punishment. We'll make you a kid's <laughs> yeah. coach. Like, doesn't that seem a little peculiar in some aspects? Yeah, typically you probably wouldn't want to put alcoholics around uh, children. Right. But, uh as part of a court punishment, but eh, it was the, but what was this? This was nineties, right? Early nineties, early nineties, 91, 92. Yeah. So he ends up, uh, so Gordon Bombay is this very, um, kind of smug lawyer, I guess. And early in the movie, we see that he was a pretty standout hockey player as a youth, but, um, ultimately misses like the championship winning goal. Right. And, like I, I always thought that little montage footage they showed was always kind of creepy. You yeah, know, like the music and everything, and like the coach going, "All right." <laughs> I was just like, "This is like so much pressure for like a nine-year-old," you know? Right. And, uh, he misses the shot. It hits the post, and he's just so sad, and everyone's upset, and he ends up quitting hockey, as we find out, and never plays again. Becomes this hotshot lawyer, never loses a case. And um, ends up getting busted, uh, you know, like I said, for drunk driving. And the court sentences him to X number of hours of community service, which means he is the new District 5 hockey coach. And, uh, of course, uh, he ends up finding them, like, at a local pond in Minnesota where they all live. And they're playing hockey on the pond, which I guess to me would seem, like, very crazy. But, you know, I'm sure up in the colder climates that's not too odd mm -hmm. 
and uh, ends up kind of talking to him. They don't get along well. The kids end up jumping in the limo and all the all the shenanigans ensue and stuff. So the mom, Charlie's mom, who's kind of like the the main kid he grows a bond with, ends up seeing them all in the limo and freaks out on him. Like, what are you doing? How could you not be smarter than to let kids jump in a limo that's on a you know a frozen lake? Um, and of course they don't do well in the in the first game and. Uh, he kind of talks to his old friend Hans, right? Um, yeah. Who uh, runs the skate shop and kind of helps him. Like, no, you're good at hockey. You can teach these kids. You can make them better. And he ends up getting sponsorship, and they become the Ducks and start doing well. That's kind of a, a long story, short version of the movie. What do your What are your memories of this film? Uh, I remember liking it. Uh... Actually, the biggest memory I had from it was, you know, when you would watch a sports movie as a kid, you always wanted to go out then and imitate, you know, that sport or play that sport. So, like, after the Sandlot, I always wanted to go out with my friends and play baseball. Sure. So, problem with the Mighty Ducks was none of us typically had, like, hockey equipment laying around, especially in the Midwest. Sure. And we certainly didn't have, like, skating rinks. So, like, after I was... After I watched the Mighty Ducks and I was all amped up, ready to play hockey, I remember like going into my basement and getting like a broom and just like a ball, and you know that was my hockey stick and puck, and I would hit that thing around. But uh, very hard sport to uh, to duplicate when you're in the Midwest. Uh, probably my favorite uh, thing in that whole thing was uh, what was the guy's name? He looked like he was like 22, and he would always hit the puck really fast. Oh, uh, Fulton Reed. Fulton Reed, yeah. Yeah, so he was always my favorite because he was like, you know, the big, goofy, awkward kid, but then, you know, could apparently hit a puck 300 miles an hour. Right. and um, At the age of 12. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and that and that's kind of the whole thing is early on, you kind of see the sleazeball aspect of Gordon Bombay being kind of a, a jerk. He's telling them to cheat, right? He's telling them to act uh-huh. hurt. He's telling them to fake injuries. And the parents are like, what are you doing? Like... Like this is like one of the dads is like this is what I lost overtime for to watch my kids take falls like what are you doing? And uh, he ends up kind of making it right and starts passing along his knowledge because you know Gordon Bombay was quite the hockey player. Uh, in the midst of all this, kind of ends up getting the hots for Charlie's mom. Like we don't see that one coming, right? And um, and ultimately they uh, it leads them also also to this another little interesting plot the um, the big team. That he, that Gordon himself played for was the Hawks, right? They're all in the black jerseys, the black helmets, very ominous looking, led by, uh, what was it, Coach O'Reilly, I believe. Uh-huh. And um, that was Gordon's coach. He's still coaching. And there's a kid on his team named Adam Banks, who's like his standout. But turns out, Adam Banks is not on uh, the right team. He, according to the district layouts, he's supposed to be the on the Ducks. So they end up putting him on the Ducks. Of course, the Ducks don't really care for that too much because Adam Banks was not the nicest person to him but um, I, I have a fun fact there because this is just the most ridiculous thing ever so when I was in right out of high school my dad does appliance repair for his for his job he has his own business he has for many years and so I took some appliance repair classes out of high school to kind of get into that field I didn't really end up sticking with it but just kind of something I wanted to check out and Ooh. We watched some safety videos, 
and the guy narrating and acting in the safety videos was Adam Banks' dad. And that awesome. <laughs> blew my mind. I'm like, wow, like that's Adam Banks' dad. And like no one knew what I was talking about, but I'm like, I that's him for sure. Like no doubt. It's awesome that you actually recognize that. Well, it took me a little bit because I'm like, man, I it's like one of those things where like, I've seen that guy somewhere. You know, I don't know where, but I've seen him somewhere. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, it's Adam Banks' dad. So, yeah, we were watching uh, the newest, not the, I guess, I think it was the last one, uh, The Hunger Games. And uh, we saw, I don't know, have you seen any of those movies? I've seen a little bit of the first one. Yeah, so anyway, Fulton Reed, he was in The Hunger Games. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, who the heck is that guy? I know that guy. Where is he from? Well, because he's not big and then, now. And I was like, holy crap, that's that's Fulton Reed. And, I, and of course, my wife's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the, the kid who hit the puck really hard from The Mighty Ducks. He's like, oh, yeah, I totally don't remember that at all. <laughs> he was also in that Daredevil series that they did a few years back. Uh, okay. He's done a few things, which is interesting. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, in the course of this uh, of this movie, Gordon actually ends up losing his job at the law firm because the um, the sponsor, Mr. Ducksworth, which is what a name that is, you know. <laughs> He basically tells him, like, hey, we're going to not worry about this Adam Banks thing. Let him play on the Hawks and blah, 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 blah. And uh, Gordon's like, no, that's not that's not right. And ends up losing his job as a lawyer. So he's kind of got everything riding on this team right now, right? He really kind of yeah. <laughs> dove all in here. And, um, and so anyway, that leads us to uh, finally the championship game, the Ducks versus the Hawks, right? And – like kind of a ragtag story. Cause there's also some ups and downs where the, the ducks think Gordon's talking crap on them. Cause he, they, they overhear stuff and he ends up getting them all riled up and back together. And, you know, it uses Mr. Ducksworth's money to get them good equipment and good gear and everything else. Um, and, uh, I, of course I think the coolest part of the, uh, of the movie is, you know, the, the similarities to Gordon's young career to Charlie's young career, because Charlie ends up getting a penalty shot, you know, for the win for the ducks. Right. Just like yeah. Gordon did. And and you can hear it like, like they, they, of course they replay what coach O'Reilly said to Gordon. Like, if you miss this shot, you're not just letting me down. You're letting your whole team down too. And it's like, Good Lord, man. (laughs) How intense you got to be over like peewee hockey. Come on. And, and of course, Gordon's a lot more, um, a lot more cool about it. Right. Like, Hey man, it doesn't matter. Like, look how far we made it. Who would have ever thought? And if you make it awesome, if you don't, that's okay too. And Charlie ends up making the penalty shot and the ducks win the championship. Yes. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I, uh, I knew a coach who wasn't too far off from that. When I was uh, in Little League, he wasn't my coach, but I knew he, he, uh, there were like two teams in my hometown during Little League, and this coach kind of had a reputation for taking things a little too seriously. Mm-hmm. So he would, you know, yell a lot. He'd throw his hat like over the fence into the street. He would, uh, yell at the kids, you know, just ridiculous stuff. Yeah, I'm never, like, come I've on, dude. This is nine and 10 year old Little League. <laughs> my nephew played a little T ball when he was young. And uh, I remember the coach was a big screamer, but it's like every kid on the team did the same thing. So I'm yeah. like, oh, if every kid's doing the exact same thing, clearly they just don't know, man. Like, 
Right. If if like every kid would, if they were able to scoop the ground ball, because at that age they can't really make an out, they can't make a play. So what they try to do is get it to the pitcher, which stops the play. Right. That's kind of like how okay the play stopped now, but uh, back in the the day, you know, like when he was playing, like back a couple years ago. The, none of them knew where to throw it. They didn't know what to do. And I'm like, no, that's your job as a coach. But he's over there screaming and yelling. It's like, clearly you don't know what you're talking about. And that's always bothered me with uh, sports. I just, when people are stupid, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you ever watch the Mighty Ducks cartoon that came out? Of course, it had nothing to do with the movie. I did. I did a little. Uh, they actually had a toy line, too. Oh, yeah. The, the toys are pretty cool. I've been I, I, uh, seeing those around. I remember seeing like bits and pieces of it. Never watched it full on, but it was kind of one of those cartoons where I always wanted to watch it. I just never, never caught it when it was on. I guess. But yeah, it was kind of a sports theme, superhero based cartoon. Which actually, this reminds me of another one. You ever heard of Pro Stars from the nineties? I don't remember Pro Stars at all. So Pro Stars was Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, and Michael Jordan. And they were like superheroes. This is like so an animated we should definitely, show? Yeah, yeah, animated. So we should definitely put this on the rumble wheel. But uh, yeah, no doubt. I want to say they had like a, some kind of like professor that was creating all of these like weapons for them. And all of the weapons had to do with like their sport. So like Bo Jack, it was kind of like Inspector Gadget. Bo Jackson had like a baseball bat that would, uh, I don't know, turn into something. Michael Jordan had, like, special shoes that made him jump, you know, 100 feet into the air. And uh, anyway, they would, you know, run around and fight crime because that's what Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, and Michael Jordan did on their on their off time. Well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Fantastic show, though. I love that show. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and see if I can find some information on that. It's kind of interesting, some of the cartoons that made it through. Like, uh, there's actually a Michael Jordan Super Nintendo game called Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City. Have you heard of that one? Uh, yes, I have. You're actually going through, like, Chicago and, like, fighting crime, but, like, doing it by shooting baskets and stuff. <laughs> I mean. Awesome. Don't know what we're doing here, but I love it. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, uh, yeah, 90s cartoons, they, they were the best. Oh, yeah. I think that's what's missing today. Things like, remember, like, The Tick? That was always a fun one I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but no, the, the Mighty Ducks obviously ended up getting uh, two sequels. The D2, The Mighty Ducks, where they actually compete in the Junior Goodwill Games. I'd love to dive into that one at some point. And D3, which I did not like as well. There was a lot of elements of that movie that I didn't feel like really helped the franchise. It just seemed like a kind of a dud ending to me. I think Mighty Ducks 2 was probably my favorite out of all three of them. You know I like the Goodwill games. They had a couple extra characters. There was like a cowboy character. Yeah. Uh, Fulton Reed had a like another kind of delinquent who was like his buddy. They called him the Bash Brothers. Yes. And then the guy from Saturday Night Live and all that, and mm-hmm. what's, whatever that guy's name is. Keenan Thompson, the knuckle puck. Keenan Thompson, the knuckle puck, yep. Then they also got Ken Wu, the figure skater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then a girl. A girl was in that one. Yep. There was a couple. Yeah, the goalie, Julie the Cat Gaffney. A couple of other. Uh, <laughs> I do remember other, all this. Yeah, a couple other characters. Um, but what's funny is I saw a TikTok video about this, and I never thought of this, but I'm like, holy crap, they are so right. They were like, think about this. If a team was Team USA, halfway through, they come back out in Ducks jerseys. 
people would lose their minds. How dare you? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I never thought about it that way. But in that in that moment, because we were all such Duck fans, that was just such a cool thing to see them in Ducks jerseys again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. we talked about it, I think, last week. You know, it was a different world, too, back then. <clears throat> you know, I don't know if you remember this. But this was always a memory of mine from wrestling. But uh, before 9-11, it wasn't as cool to be patriotic. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I remember actually the invasion. So this is my WWE memory during invasion. Uh, I don't remember. Kurt Angle was doing a backstage promo with Vince McMahon. And I don't know. He was talking about the country or something. And this would have been like May 2001. Yeah. So just two or three months before 9-11. And Kurt Angle was like, enough of this patriotic BS. And, you know, and now it's like after 9-11, everything, it's all about patriotism now. Yeah. But. Uh, it wasn't as big a deal back in the 90s, you know, if you wanted to rip off your USA jersey and replace it with a Mighty Ducks jersey. Right. It, it was – well, because in that movie, they were all, like, Team USA. Even when they play, like, the uh, the skater kids in the, in the street park, uh-huh. like, every one of them has a USA shirt on. Like, one of them has, like, a white shirt with, like, red, white, and blue sleeves and stuff. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> super patriotic. So the fact that they – like they kind of embedded that in us and then they all switched to ducks. It's like, Whoa, you know, and, and how did they pull these kids right off the street and get them on the USA team without any kind of tryouts or anything? Well, you remember that guy that kind of was heading it all up was like presenting them to Gordon. He was like, no, these are like well recruited, you know, like, <laughs> right. Although the one kid, which is actually Benny, the jet Rodriguez from the Sandlot was like, and had incredible speed, but he couldn't stop. Oh, that was that guy. I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah. And it's like, how oh, it is that. Team I, how USA that? if he can never figure out how to stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. I never put that together, but yeah, that is the same guy, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Mighty Ducks will always be like a, to me a classic sports movie, and then like just there's a lot of humor in the movie too. Like, uh, I love the beginning, the the purse prank with the dog poop. Like that's so funny to me. Uh-huh. Like, if people don't know, essentially, they it shows one of them digging in a dumpster, right? He's like, I got one, I got one. And he pulls out this, like, beat-up old purse. And they're like, oh, that'll work. And you're like, what are they doing? And then all of a sudden, Charlie comes in. He's like, I got it, I got it. And he has, like, a can of Hormel chili. And they were like, oh, perfect. And they find this dog, and they feed him the chili, and they're just following this dog, waiting for him to go to the bathroom so they can put it in the purse. And then, of course, they... Lay down the purse, put a dollar in it, hoping someone will stop and grab it. And, of course, this guy does, and they end up <laughs> uh, just thinking that's so funny because he drives off with his purse and sees a <laughs> pile of dog doo-doo in, inside of it. Like, what a prank. What a well-thought-out prank. Nice. And, uh, and, of course, the guy chases after him, which is just insane. You remember that big – I don't remember. It was probably on the second one, the big uh, ducks fly together quote. It was like uh, I don't know when the when the roosters crowing and blah blah blah. The, the cowboy ducks guy fly together. It. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That always made me laugh. Yeah. Well, and you know, most of the movies are kind of the same, where like Gordon kind of loses his way halfway through. Like he does the same thing with D two, where oh uh, yeah, because he gets corporate sponsors and gets again he gets the slick back nineties hair. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. You did a whole atomic fandom post on that. <laughs> Kinda becomes this like shill of a guy re- coming in a suit and stuff and and it's like he's not re- he's not realizing that he's uh becoming a D bag and then he kinda changes his ways and everything else. But 
classic nineties, which I think is, is a lot of fun. Um, there was something else I was going to bring up about this movie that I think is, uh, undersold man. So the third one, I know that's where they go to college. Right. So the third one, they go to college and they play like on a varsity team or like half make varsity, half don't. Or I think only Adam Banks makes varsity, the rest don't. But they end up playing the varsity team. And I could be wrong, but something didn't something happen where because they won the game, they pretty much rebranded the entire university and they were ducks from there on out or something? It's been a while since I've watched that one. Like I said, it was never my favorite. Um and I always felt like the plot of that was a, a big letdown from, uh, from like the Junior Goodwill Games, which is essentially like the Olympics without saying the Olympics, right? Yeah. Um, a little bit, a little bit interesting. Uh, this is an interesting plot we should talk about. We uh, after the Ducks win the championship, Gordon Bombay goes on to try out for minor league hockey after all that layoff, right? Yeah. I mean that. I, I get it, it's a movie, but that seems unlikely that anyone who's probably in his late 20s at this point is just like, yeah, I'm going to go try minor league hockey. Like, why not? I've been a lawyer for all these years. <laughs> I haven't played hockey since I was nine. Come on, what what could go wrong? <laughs> right. And so yeah, he, yeah. By 90, yeah, he would have been about, well, Emilio Estevez would have been about 30, 35 around then. That's what I figure. And uh, ends yeah. up, uh, gets his knee beat up in uh, in the game and kind of comes back. And it's kind of interesting because he doesn't know, you can kind of tell he doesn't really know what to do with his life at that point. He's working at the skate shop and just kind of figuring out his next plan and ends up getting the job to coach the Ducks for D2, so... Kind of a, did you uh, did you catch any of the reboot on Disney Plus? I watched a little bit of it. I'll be honest, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, I thought it was okay. You know, obviously it's not can't capture a lightning in a bottle twice, probably. But yeah, you know, it was okay as far as reboots go. Had a kind of a different plot. If they could have got Emilio Estevez on there a little more, probably would have helped. But I thought it was okay. It made sense that the Ducks were now like the Hawks, essentially, right? I did see that part, and um, I feel like with anything Disney Plus, a big thing they pushed was, "Hey, we were gonna we're gonna do all these sequels and reboots of everything that you loved," which I get on paper sounds like a good idea, but at a certain point, I think there's kind of a "Hey, leave the memories alone and do something new" because it kind of like they did Home Sweet, Home Alone. It's like, oh man, a new Home Alone, but it's like, yeah, that's kind of sucked you know like it wasn't it, it, i don't know you can't really recreate what we had back in the 90s in my opinion yeah i mean if they ever actually come out with anything you're like wow that was amazing and almost better than the original yeah yeah it, it, i don't feel like they they did but at the same time i get the hype because like i mentioned at the top of the show they're bringing back a new goosebumps series and i'm like oh awesome but it's realistically it's like well that's probably gonna suck too you know like it's, right uh, I don't know. They've done a lot of that where they've kind of recreated stuff or rebooted stuff or made stuff from, cause I guess they're doing something with the Sandlot too and, um, making a, a, a series based off the Sandlot. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But I'm like, I, I have a feeling much like everything else. It'll kind of end up just kind of being like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, overall I, I, I like the mighty ducks. Have you watched the mighty ducks recently or is this, because I know you rewatched the Three Ninjas around the time we recorded. No, it's nothing I've seen. Yeah, it's probably been ten years or so before since I've seen anything about it. Yeah, 
I, I have one of it. those that's on my list of things to watch. Like I have it in my list on like Disney Plus or something or sure. Netflix, whatever it was on. Just haven't gotten around to ever watching it back again. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way where I'm like, I don't just go in like, hey, I'm, I'm going to watch the Three Ninjas this week, or I'm going to watch, you know, the Mighty Ducks this week, or I'm going to watch the Sandlot this week. But it would be one I would like to see again, because I, I did enjoy the, the movie a lot as a kid. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be too bad. No, definitely not. Um, well, I wanted to uh, mention how uh, Steve Hoker, good friend of the show, added some new uh, topics for us. And we are going to add those to the wheel before we spin. So, Daniel, we have ten topics on the wheel still. Still, excuse me. But um, we're going to add these four more. So here's what I'm going to I'm going to tell people if they want to add stuff, you know, for us. Please message us. Please comment on posts. Let us know some stuff you'd like to see on the on the Saturday morning Rumble wheel, and we will possibly. Add it to a future episode. Is this Steve Hoker a good guy? Has he uh, completed any background checks? Uh, that I don't know, but but he gives us fun ideas, so I'm okay with it. All right, it's fine if he doesn't pass a background check. Well, yeah, I don't know. Hoker, are you are you up for passing a background check? Are you are you <laughs> down for for something like that? That is a requirement before submitting ideas to our podcast. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm adding. We don't want the media to come after us once something gets dug out of the closet from Hoker's past. Yes, like how dare you? This guy is bad news. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have 14 topics on the wheel, man. That's actually it's probably the most we've ever had, right? Yeah. What uh, What are they, or what are the new ones? Okay, so he added four that I was like, these are all great. So I think one of them was similar to what we had, but I like the other ones are definitely going to be added. TV crushes, road trip stories. Getting in trouble in school and embarrassing school stories. So we've got, I mean, there's stuff that comes to mind for me on all of these. Oh, yeah. So man, Road man. trip stories. We talking just wrestling or I guess I any road I would say definitely trip. wrestling, but could possibly be anything. Um, I would be fine with, with anything. So, But I think it's about that time. So why do you say we uh, we spin the wheel? Let's spin it. All right, make sure my volume's up on my wheel here. All the new topics are added. And I must say, I have to point this out. TGIF is still on there from the very beginning. Hanging in there. Hopefully it'll uh, get off there soon, but... Could be this time. Who knows? Here we go. Well, Hoker, you are the luckiest man... Because we landed on one of your topics for next week. Episode, uh, what is it, 30 or 31? Episode 30. Episode 30 will be road trip stories. Yeah, fun. So obviously, me and you have done our fair share of road trips with uh, with wrestling and everything like that. So I'd say we have uh, we have plenty to uh, to dive into there. Oh, for sure. Uh, that will be uh, that will be different. I know. Uh, <clears throat> just two weeks ago, maybe I told my story, and you had one too. Uh, for some reason, they just came up. But my uh, story of all of us dressing shady in a van and a guy in a conquistador mask, and then scaring people on the side of the highway. So, anyway, go back to episode I don't know thirty, twenty nine, one of those, <laughs> and uh, 
check that one out. Yes, uh, there, there's always there's always stories that we're going to be thrown in that are not a part of the topic, but that's the uh, beauty of doing a podcast like this. So, uh, thank you guys for checking out the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. Make sure to check out um, all of our past episodes. We now have. 28 previous episodes in the can, including episodes like Toys R Us, The Three Ninjas, The Sandlot, WCW Halloween Havoc 1991, and The Book Fair. So check out some of those uh, great episodes here on the Rumble Wheel. Make sure to check out my other podcast, the TV Toycast, every Thursday. And then um, some breaking news uh, coming soon. Me and Bane are going to start bringing back Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. We uh, we kind of, I, I pitched an idea to him. He, he liked it, and we're going to try to maybe format it with a season and so doing a specific topic and kind of keeping it seasonal so uh, maybe 15 or so episodes taking a break and coming back with more episodes so power hour will be returning uh sometime soon i don't know when but being that it's uh september now uh, i would say probably first of the year is my goal so that's uh kind of what we're looking at right now and you guys are getting had, close to 500 episodes. Yeah, I know we've had we've had a bunch, so it would be a shame to not uh, not continue on and try to get to at least 500. But uh, also, uh, if you guys want to contribute to this show, best way you can do that is to subscribe on wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify. But also shoot us some ideas, just like Steve Hoker did. As you saw, we put them directly on the wheel. Not every idea will make it because sometimes they are almost exactly like something we've already talked about. But we're always up for new ideas, whether it be movies, wrestling, pop culture, toys, anything that was is related to um, to the '90s. We're all about so uh, so throw it at us. We we love the topics and uh, it helps you know kind of helps us think because i'm sure daniel you can attest to this sometimes it's hard to think of new topics after you've done you know 30 or so episodes yeah yeah no but yeah we're always up for uh, other people's ideas and stories and opinions and all that stuff as long as you uh, submit a background check first exactly <laughs> uh, also coming from the man who seldom wears pants exactly well speaking of that uh you know hoker has a t public store now called uh, Starman's podcasting buddies and he's made shirts for a lot of his favorite podcasts, and we actually have one up there. Uh, it's a Pants Are Optional shirt. So Awesome. If you want to get a Pants Are Optional shirt from his store, uh, search Starman Podcasting Buddies on uh, Public, and it should pop up. And you can pick up a Pants Are Optional shirt, or you can get a sticker, coffee mug, whatever. Uh, might be kind of funny on a coffee mug. I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, careful where you, where you drink that, but <laughs> funny nonetheless. <laughs> And it's also an odd-numbered episode, so Daniel, it is your week for a Plug of the Week. Do you have a Plug of the Week for this week? Uh, yeah, I'll just plug Steve Hoker's uh, store, just like you did. Perfect. Of course, you know more about it than I do, but yeah, go buy some shirts. Definitely. Uh, it's it's He's done shirts for TB Toycast, Fully Posable, um, Tales from the Estate, Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel, and so many others, so... Make sure to check that out. Thank you guys for checking out the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel, and we will see you next week with some more weekly nostalgia.